0: hey everybody this is Davis over at freaks and geeks and I would like to welcome you to another episode of pop culture gyms this is a series where we talk to amazing creators artists cosplayers voice actors and so much more if you like the interviews we do uh with the amazing guests give us a thumbs up or subscribe to our YouTube channel the CfG channel on YouTube or you can listen to it on any podcast services out there uh like Apple Google Podcasts, such radio what have you any anyone anywhere where where we are always there and uh, If you want to check out the fantastic geeky content all in one whole area go to our main website con for the whole package my guest today is a force in the voice acting world he's played characters in gaming and animes like grand from grand blue fantasy and grand blue fantasy versus genta doi from high score girl uh yushiro in demon slayer and the ever so popular 9s from near automata i would like to welcome kyle mccarley to the show how are you doing kyle
1: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
0: I am <laughs> trying to stay warm right now, but as, like as always. So <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a surprisingly it's it's more complicated than I thought it was. Should, it should be, but it is. It, 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 it's it's a it's a fight. <laughs> Oh, well, man. I
1: appreciate the warm welcome you make me feel not so chilly so
0: oh <laughs> that's cool that's cool i definitely definitely enjoy it uh, but let's get into it man um, so as always, always ask us for everybody let me just t- tell us a little about yourself like who is Kyle McCarley oh
1: well, sure um uh, uh well as you as you mentioned, I am a voice actor um you gave a couple couple credits from from my list uh uh which which is some interesting choices in there, High Score Girl. That's not one that gets brought up real all that often. You
0: know, what's funny <laughs> to me though. Like, like the, your voice is very distinctive. So, like when I when I when I'm when I'm watching and listening, because this is the stuff theoretically. When I when I go through the list, it's a list of of ga- of series or games that I've played. That I'm like, hey, that sounds like okay. <laughs> that sounds like Kyle McCarley. So yeah, so okay. <laughs> so that, that yeah, it's like. <laughs> That's the little cool. game I like to play to be a little different, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. As as for who I am, I mean, I'm uh aside from being a voice actor, I'm I'm a married man, uh, a father of fur babies, three of them. <laughs> We've got two dogs and a cat. You might hear one of the dogs yapping because he's been particularly boisterous lately. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, I, uh, I'm a big hockey fan, a uh, big Colorado Avalanche fan. And, uh, and I, and I love board games. That's, that's oh, nice. a little about me.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. What kind of board games do you usually like to play? Do you like playing those, like, you know, Settlers of Catan or the kind of, you know, like Monopolies I'm, or what?
1: I am big on, well, I'm definitely bigger on, on the newer generation stuff, like the Euro gaming style stuff. But, uh, I, I was big on the party game type of things like like Mm -hmm. uh, like one night ultimate werewolf or or um dixit was a lot of fun uh i'm trying to think of some of our bonanzas one that we've been playing we we were playing a lot pre pandemic Mm -hmm. um there's just there's there's kind of an assort it's a wide variety but i was big on the simple big group 30 minute max playtime stuff and Mm -hmm. uh and and now on my twitch channel i do a a board game show with some buddies of mine and we've been getting into the more the the heavier like hardcore board game stuff and i'm starting to appreciate that more i for (laughs) a long time i avoided that stuff and now i'm kind of like you know what there's there's a time and a place for these these more lengthy smaller player count games
0: You know those those long lengthy games like usually call those friendship breakers because that's what because people get on edge you know yeah exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it's like no but I'm definitely with you like uh I think the werewolf one was was the werewolf one the one where you have to like use your phone right uh uh, for it where you have to choose like who you got to find out who the werewolf is and stuff and uh and take them out yeah I love yeah you're right those games are kind of are really fun (laughs) so. Uh, that's A lot cool. of fun, that's
1: yeah, cool. and it's over in five minutes or something. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really, really fun to be able to just play it real quick and move on to the next round, or, okay, we've played it four or five times, let's move on to something else.
0: Right. When the game, where, where you have to pause the game by leaving everything in the board and then say, okay, we'll come back another time to do it the, it, the game's too long. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, well, I'm uh,
1: starting to appreciate those kinds of games now, but uh, yeah, yeah. That used to be my
0: mindset for sure. Yeah, but now it's like we don't have a choice. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, now it's kind of like, we're, we're now we're bored. Now we're just like, we're, we're stuck in our houses sometimes. And we're like, you <laughs> know true. what? It, it's like, let's just go with it. it will just, <laughs> we'll accept it. But I bet you when everything kind of goes back to normal, you'll be back on that wagon saying, this is not acceptable.
1: <laughs> yeah back on the horse of no no three hours is
0: too long to be playing the same game (laughs) (laughs) i got stuff to do (laughs) you know oh god (laughs) all right well i mean well growing up um uh were you a part of the like early anime fandoms you know like uh and if so like did you have any favorites and favorite series when you're when you were growing up
1: yeah, I, i've never I've never been a huge anime fan, but when I was mm-hmm. when I was growing up, uh, Toonami was an after school block on Cartoon Network, so it was it it was airing around like three or four o'clock start time or something like that. Uh, so I did watch I watched Toonami religiously, or at least as much of it as I could get home in time for, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, living in the central time zone, I think there was like an hour that was like iffy. For us, yeah, but uh, yeah. but uh, I I watched a lot of DBZ. Um, I watched G- Gundam Wing was my was my favorite for sure mm. as a kid, uh, which which th- made made me real. Uh, I I realized kind of a childhood dream. I didn't r- fully appreciate that I knew I had when mm. I when I booked Mikazuki in uh, Gun- Mobile Suit Gundam: Iron Blooded Orphans. Um, cause that was my, that was my first, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent now, but that was my, my, my first lead role in an anime series. Uh, uh, first time being, it, it checked off a lot of boxes for me. First time being on TV, um, a, a whole bunch of firsts in my career. And I got to play a Gundam pilot and Gundam wing was my favorite anime as a kid. So uh, like I, I showed up to school in middle school on a regular school day in full cosplay before that was even a term.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. So that's pretty, I was a pretty, pretty big perfect.
1: fan of Gundam Wing. now, th- but, but other than, other than the stuff that was on Toonami, I didn't, I was not a huge anime fan. I didn't, I, d- and I didn't stick with it uh, the way that, that I know a lot of diehard anime fans did.
0: You know, back, back in that, that time movie. though, like, I mean, but back in the day, like during that time, I mean, anime was incredibly sparse, though. I mean, like they it didn't was. even give it. it yeah, was. so, so like, I mean, are like, I think in America, like, are the window when it was like, I mean, don't get me wrong, anime's been around for. Forever, like you know, Akira, then you had like oh, you know, yeah. Battletech and all that stuff. But, but when it was seriously when there was more serious diversity when it came to anime back in that time, we didn't have it. Like, like, uh, uh, really yeah. the opening of that yeah. was like Dragon Ball and the tsunami Block was where. And Pokemon and all that stuff, but like, yeah, but
1: uh, no, I mean, but broke it, into I, the mainstream, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, the, when, like what you're saying, I mean, with Gundam, and then if Gundam is the one that inspired you to cosplay at school, which I have to say, give you kudos to because I was like, man, you are more man than me to ever do that, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, the Gundam, I think, Gundam I think was- we had a like, so. The
1: the story behind that is that, that me me and my buddies uh in middle school were like we had all picked a character from Gundam, from Gundam mm-hmm. Wing that was our character. Like and there are there are a slew of Gundam pilots in that show. So there was a group of like eight or nine of us that were all like, I'm I'm this character, I'm that character. I was Catra. Uh and Beautiful I think we character. had me me and me and me and one of my buddies who whose pilot was duo. Mm-hmm. Uh we we had some some like school project thing where we were flying. I don't know some, some something to do with like little model airplane things or rubber band based plane things that we were trying to to go a certain distance. So we had a loose excuse for wearing pilot costumes for the day. I don't really. <laughs> I'd have to ask him like why we decided to do that on that particular day. But I know it wasn't just. Totally out of the blue, it was still nobody else was showing up in costume that day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will say this though. I mean, if I wish if one of y'all were like hero, when, you know, because like you know, his his attire was bicycle shorts and a singlet shirt and it just go up to space. It's like, wow, okay, yep. you're just yep. you're just business casual, I guess, aren't you? <laughs> and I remember <laughs> you know? that the dress code, they the dress code at the
1: school, for some reason they had an issue with with my friend's duo jacket.
0: Like he wasn't what? allowed to
1: wear a jacket throughout the day.
0: So he that's had weird.
1: <laughs> He was like, but it's part of my costume. I gotta wear
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let me in. Not, not, not wearing that jacket. You won't. Oh, yeah, that, that's odd. <laughs> that's very odd <laughs> for them to, to, I, uh, I, yeah, kinda- I
1: don't, Again, I'd have to ask him what what exactly happened. He, he's got a better memory than me.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, That's so funny, uh, but it's cool though. I mean, like, I mean, uh, what I love about that story though is the fact that you said, like, I mean, that Gundam kind of step made you the stepping st- like was the Iron Blooded Orphan was the stepping stone that was that kind of got your career more like more serious or more motivated to I do mean, more uh, more roles
1: no i i was i was breaking in uh to to the industry for sure mm-hmm. but uh but it was it was a big it was a big stepping stone into into bigger and better things because it was it was it was kind of a breakthrough moment uh in terms of in terms of the the kinds of roles that i was booking because up to that it's point awesome. i had worked on i'd worked on durarara and fate's day night and mm-hmm. uh and uh Uh, your lion april i think i was actively working on when i booked gundam so i was i was working on a few projects here and there but always as supporting characters i I'd, Mm -hmm. i'd never gotten like that was the first lead character that i had that i had booked so it was it was a big breakthrough in moment in the career for sure
0: yeah that's cool Man. And then I have to say, though, kind of back to your Gundam wing, though, like you took Catra. Was Catra your favorite Gundam, though? Uh, like out of, out of all of those, out of all yeah. of the five of them. Yeah. Wow. Well,
1: I mean, it, it was I, I, I probably like if I had been watching it in isolation, I probably would have identified Duo as, as my favorite character in the show because he's the coolest character in the show
0: everyone loves duo though everyone loves duo (laughs) Yeah, but
1: but since we were since since all of my friends were all picking one character you know being Mm -hmm. able to analyze and go you know what Catra's the character that is most like me I'm going with him
0: that's cool yeah. I like that, but you know it's funny. Like if I had to choose a Gundam for me, it uh, uh, I really liked uh, G Gundam, and the Gundam that I, I I kind of associate myself to was Mexico's Gundam because I loved for some reason that Gundam itself it's like for them to say let's put a sombrero on the uh, on a giant robot, and I'm like. You know what? <laughs> Things happened and you all said yes to that and I and I'm definitely on board with that. So so yes, let's go with that. Mexico Gundam is my favorite. I wish they made models of it. <laughs> do
1: they not? Surely they no, do. Oh,
0: they they've told. Got, they've got gunpla for everything. No? no. I have been looking for years for Mexico a Mexico Gundam model, and I have never found one. Like, wow. I have never found. I would love to get that just to say that it, that it exists, but it does not exist whatsoever. Like, if, That's if a tragedy, you, it is very much so. There's, uh, there's so and the whole the whole franchise exists to sell those toys. You know, no <laughs> so, right. <laughs> I know it's like they're just like It's not popular enough apparently I need to start making angry letters to Bandai I I don't know we'll see And uh (laughs) I I popped into your twitch stream Yesterday like uh uh, randomly and Just and I'd have to say like (laughs) Okay so much Mayhem with your friend When you were playing uh uh, aliens And uh well first off what Game was that I never I never Saw that game uh, that version of aliens Before was that
1: so so you, you tuned in uh, to my Thursday night broadcast, which is, uh, which is the Quarren stream. We started doing it during, during the pandemic with nothing better going on on our Thursday nights. And it's just me and my buddies playing a variety of multiplayer video games. started out as the co-op Quarren stream because it was just four of us, so we were focusing on co-op games. Uh, which alien swarm reactive drop was the game we were playing it's free to play on steam um, and it's <laughs> like 5 or 6 or 10 years old at this point i don't know we we end up going we end up going to the well for for a lot of the games that we that we pick out for that broadcast because we're always trying to pick stuff that cuz now the group has grown to i think we've got 9 guys now that anywhere from 6 to 9 of us show up on a, on any given thursday night and uh so we try to pick games that are either free or super cheap uh, mm. and that and some of the guys don't have great Internet connections or great hardware to play games with. So we pick stuff that's that's low resource uh, demands in terms of games. So we go we go for some obscure old games to play sometimes on that broadcast.
0: Oh, man. What what was one of the most obscure that you played on that uh, uh, on the broadcast before?
1: Uh gosh, the first one that I that I wanna mention is regular human basketball. That
0: <laughs> I might know what you're talking about. Might oh my be God. my
1: favorite. It's it's a super <laughs> indie game that I think is five dollars on Steam per copy. And as soon as I saw the the trailer that they put out for it, I was like, guys, you gotta pony up the cash for this one. We have to play this. So it's teams of I think you can have up to ten players in the game total. And It's a one-on-one basketball game except the basketball players are giant robots that have a bunch (laughs) of buttons inside of them. And you as the players run around inside the robots and push the buttons to control them and make them play basketball against each other. (laughs) It's absolute mayhem. It's like lovers in a dangerous space time, but two robots and with more people, so more chaos. And you can jump into each other's robots and try to... (laughs) Try to sabotage and stuff. It's so much fun.
0: That is <laughs> hilarious. You talked. Yeah, you were not kidding when you said really abstract and, and yes. different Yes, but, <laughs> that is awesome. And you do that. And you do this every Thursday on Twitch.
1: Every Thursday night, that's 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 honestly, it's a it's a Twitch stream that is just an excuse for me and buddies of mine from high school and college to get together and play video
0: games. <laughs> Fair enough. Didn't take much to get that, to have that nowadays, but still, it's like, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed I enjoyed watching like the craziness when y'all were trying this. like I think y'all blew yourselves up, and I was like, "What is going on? Why is oh, all this stuff?"
1: That happened a lot last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alien Swarm was a game that was designed to be a four player co-op game and they at some point added eight player support so we were playing with seven people on maps that were designed for four with more aliens forming us so it's just it's just utter chaos
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is so funny that's great uh and uh uh like kind of going back to your like you know your voice acting career itself um sure. like uh was there a role that you played that was harder than, uh, uh, than than you expected when you when you took when you got it
1: Oh man there I mean there's 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 a variety of of challenges that'll come up uh in the process of of this career um mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of them are more technical than than they are craft based uh, but the first thing that comes to my mind um when you ask that question would be uh I, I I'm the voice of Alm in Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentia as well as Fire Emblem Heroes uh My first session for that character i don't know if it was the way that that some of the lines were written or or what it was, but for the first hour or so it, every time you're playing a new character. There's mm-hmm. there's a feeling out period where you're trying to like settle into like what what is the head space for this character what makes this guy tick and and what are what are his character trait his defining character traits you kind of figure that out as as you go along in the in the early stages uh, but with Alm in particular I remember in the in the first hour or so of the very first session I really wanted to make him kind of a little bit snarky. I wanted to give him some wry uh, smirk humor to, to a lot of his deliveries. And that is not the character at all. And they kept on having to reel me in and go, no, 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 no. Totally straight. He, he's not, there's no sarcasm in this line. He means what he's saying here. So I had to, I had to turn that part of my brain off for Alm. Cause i just i wanted to be sarcastic because that's who i am and <laughs> wasn't that wasn't in there for him
0: <laughs> was that really so like uh oh so you just naturally gravitated to what you naturally what you naturally are, but really it was he was like the polar opposite of he's, what well, he was he's, to
1: have. i mean he's 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 anime jrpg protag you know he's he's mm. cookie cutter like go getter honest like genuine always supports everybody and and there were just some lines in there i can't remember anything specific but i know there were some some things in there where i was like oh so he's kind of poking fun at this person no he's not he's not making fun of them at all he means exactly what he's saying
0: oh he's literal. <laughs> he's he's very literal i see yeah yeah oh man <laughs> Have you ever done, have they, has there ever been the time where you, where, where you can have those kind of, you know, decisions to make the character the way you wanted it to be? Okay.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a very collaborative process. It's just, there's, you you also have to recognize that you're trying to, um, like you're bringing yourself to it, but you're also trying to honor the creator's vision. And especially when you're talking about localized content, like a JRPG that's coming from Japan or an anime that's coming from Japan or something like that, then as an actor who's localizing the game, the, the game or, or dubbing the, the show, you're now also trying to honor the original Japanese creation as well as the American director and, and writer that are collaborating with it. So it's a very collaborative process. You don't, nobody gets carte blanche in the whole thing. Everybody's mm-hmm. working together to create uh, uh, the, 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 the character and the story that you're telling
0: that's that's cool that's cool because like uh i've always want like the the whole process especially well especially specifically like anime and stuff like that like uh like, I didn't know how much freedom an individ- like uh, like voice acting would be that way specifically since they're like you were saying they built the character specifically in a specific way. They've already done it. right? And then, and then when you're when you're doing English dub versions of the same character, it's like, do they give you that same kind of freedom to kind of, you know, go with it and uh, uh, and stuff? So I was, just, yeah. I, I was just a little curious about that. That's pretty cool
1: it 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 varies for sure. I mean, when I uh I'm wearing the t-shirt today, I'm uh from for Infinity Train. When I I mean that that character, I feel like I had a little bit more um freedom to create. I I, I voiced Simon on that cartoon show and so I there's a little bit more room because of the fact that I, it's it's original animation as opposed to uh uh dubbing or localizing. So there's a little bit more freedom there and you're also earlier in the process, the, the scripts, um, the scripts have been written obviously, but uh, the animation's not done yet. We're working off of storyboards, not even full like animatics, but, but storyboards. And in some of those types of shows that where it's original, anim- original animation, the storyboards aren't even done yet. So mm-hmm. when you're the, the earlier you come into the process as an actor, the more freedom you have to kind of make it your own and, ad lib a little bit here and there. Maybe, hey, I've got an idea for this line. Can I can I pitch this to you? And we'll just see if this fits or not. Um, but it, it's, it, it depends on, on the project. It depends on the show. I know uh, for video games, typically you kind of stick to the script that's in front of you. You might add a little bit here and there, just like pre-life or maybe a, a stutter or a stammer or something, but you're not really going to change things all that much. Um, whereas anime, just by the nature of the beast, uh, there's going to be a lot of lines that come up where, cause you're trying to record to picture and trying to match the mouth flaps. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes up no matter how good the script is, how, how great the adaptation is, where it just doesn't fit those flaps. So you have to figure out something else. That's typically the director's job, but you as the actor can always Go, hey! I've got an idea. Let me try something else. And sometimes I'll I'll throw stuff out there that's completely different from what's in the script. Completely different, maybe than what the literal translation was for that particular line. But it still serves the the purposes of the scene and the story. So sometimes they'll they'll take it. Oftentimes yeah, okay. they won't. But you know, it's it's kind of. <laughs> It's it, yeah. it varies from project to project. I guess is the point that I'm trying to make.
0: <laughs> it's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. I, I right. understand. <laughs> Definitely understand that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, and uh, to you, uh, like, uh, is there uh, is anime voiceover harder than gaming or vice versa? Uh, uh, and uh, if so, like, why?
1: It's it's different. It's just a completely different animal. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because it's 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 anime. Acting for a dub, uh, whether anime or or live action dub, I do a lot of live action dubbing as well. Um, that's very technical because of the fact that you're trying to make sure that it looks like the person on screen or the character on screen is saying what you're saying. And, they, and that's already been locked. You know, the picture's already in place, usually. So having to fit within... Uh, someone else's performance or somebody somebody's animation adds adds a little bit of a, a left brain element to a typically right brain field of <laughs> of creating stuff so it's it makes it more tech it's definitely more technically challenging mm-hmm. um uh but uh but uh but then at the same time video games um they're there, the, the script, just the nature of, of the medium, there's a whole lot of stuff that isn't necessarily sequential order. So you could be jumping around from because the player could play things in a different order. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that can come in at various points in the playthrough and trying to figure out, especially if your character goes on a big arc throughout the story, being able to, to find nuance that fits in any situation, no matter when the player might happen to get there. Um, And, uh, and then also depending on projects I've, I've worked on some video games where just because of the way that the, that the production is being run or the the way that the game is structured, I only see my character's lines in the script. I don't know context for, (laughs) for
0: where all
1: that stuff fits. So that, that poses a whole different set of challenges. Uh, so it's just, it's just different.
0: Oh man. Like I would not even know how, so like, how do you even adjust for that? <laughs> Those are the kind of situations where it's just your, your, your line specifically. Like, so you know,
1: in a situation like that, you, you kind of like, it's, it's funny because it's, it's not uncommon to have that when you're auditioning for projects. Mm-hmm. And in that case, you want to make specific choices. So you, you kind of make up your own context for the audition and, and add your own flavor to it. And it could be completely off base for what the actual context is in the, in the project that you're auditioning for, but because you make a specific choice, you stand out better than if you play it, play it safe and do something generic when you're in a, an actual work environment and mm. all they're, all they're giving you are your lines. I mean, the first thing you can do is ask, Mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's the situation here? What's the context? Why am I saying this? Uh, You can infer some things from, you know, context clues, like based on the line. Okay. I know I'm talking to this character. I know what, what, like based on, you know, we're, we're not far removed from the last line. I kind of know where we're at. I can assume where this fits into the conversation, but Mm -hmm. as a general rule, you do play it a little safer there and, and give performances that are a little bit more generic and a little bit more, this will fit no matter what the context is. Oh, <laughs> and that's, wow. a decision, that's a decision that the director has to make too, where they're like, because I've, I've directed projects where I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Give me a couple <laughs> ideas and let's see. And then I'll listen to... To the take and go okay that's the one that's going to work in more situations we'll go with that one
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that's cool and um out of like all the characters that you voice, voiced i mean you've you voiced quite a bit of them um w- uh, which one would you say is the closest to your own personality or if there's some i mean you don't have to be specifically one it could be Ooh. multiple ones if you have
1: oh man that is such a hard question <laughs> question to ask i mean like every every character i book is is has got to be somewhere inside of me i i think because otherwise they would have given it to somebody else uh but uh (laughs) i would say honestly the character that i feel like i slipped into the easiest was probably 9s from near um, I don't know if that's because I necessarily, well, I feel like at, at least in the early game, 9S is, is a pretty straightforward character, uh, uh, inter- at least the, the way that I, I wrapped my head around him. I was like, oh, I get this guy. I know exactly who he is, mm-hmm. um, and and he lives very near to my baseline personality, I think, at least in the early game. Uh, and then he goes on a, on a very interesting story arc throughout the course of the game, and and kind of ends up somewhere completely different. But you know, we all, none of us are two dimensional people, so we all, mm. you know, we we have experiences that are that are outside <laughs> of the baseline all the time. So I, I think uh, that uh, I, I I don't know, I I think. I think the re really the the reason that he was so easy to slip into though was because of the fact that the, it's it's just so well written. Um, yeah. that's, he was a
0: that's, practical that's... thinker. I will say that, like he was definitely a practical think. Like he was very like straightforward on like you know with the rules initially. I definitely could see where you're coming from with he that. He was, but,
1: then... but he also had a little bit of that rye per- flavor to him that I wanted to give to Alm and couldn't. There was still mm-hmm. a little bit of that 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 playfulness in there. Oh. Um, so I could, I could tap into that pretty easily. Um, and, uh, and, and uh, honestly, it's just like the, the near franchise, the, the Nier near franchise, I've become such a big fan of Yoko Taro and everything he does. That series uh,
0: is insane. It's, it's amazing. I, it great. And
1: it's, and it's just so the, the story is just so well crafted. You, it's, it's not hard to comprehend why characters end up making the choices they make uh even if you wouldn't make them or you know you don't if you even if you disagree with with the choices that th- that they make you still understand why where they're coming from and why they're doing what they're doing so it's it that that's to me probably the reason that that 9s was so easy for me to to just jump right into and and, and go for
0: it that's fair that's that's fair uh did, are you are you like did uh have you played? Oh well, no, you definitely did play. I saw you do the stream with uh, Kira Kira like a couple years ago, but it's oh, been yeah. a while. Yeah, but uh do, are you going to be get are you looking forward to the new one, uh near replicant? I I'm believe so in so excited. April? Yeah. I'm so <laughs>
1: excited. I can't wait to
0: play that game. <laughs> Man, it's like uh it, it's like uh it, it's weird because like when near Automata came, it it didn't really, you know, have a lot of fanfare when that came out. But like the people who did play it, like I mean, I've played them because I played the original one, I played Dragon Guard and all that stuff. Uh, it's just like I don't know how this game cannot be like a ma- it's it's pretty much a borderline masterpiece in my opinion because with the music, the the style, everything like you were saying, Yokotaro was uh, was great. Plus, what y'all, I mean, what you and your cast uh, like, Jeremy, you uh, Kira, like it added to it was just a really good experience uh, overall. So like uh like i think yeah yeah no problem but like gotta give props to, to, uh, to give props you know <laughs> but uh but like i love uh but i loved it but just to say when they said replicate i'm like okay i have no idea what this game is about because as always with near it's like i don't know what to expect and that's the one thing i really definitely love about like what to expect on the uh on the upcoming one which is making me really hyped <clears throat> for it well it's there there
1: it's I think they like they're loosely referring to it as a remaster of uh Near like the the prequel to NieR Automata. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But um so like I've I've learned a lot about this franchise from from my fans and from having now gone back and played through some of the – cuz Automata was my first experience to the whole franchise. I played through like after being in it and mm-hmm. I then played through the whole game. I fell in love. I went back and played original NieR or some of it. I went back later on, I went back and played Dragon guard three then i and and came back to the rest of original near or vice versa. I don't remember. anyway, I played through those two games as well now. Um, but the 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 story behind near replicant version one point two two whatever the hell those numbers yeah. are.'re in the official <laughs> title. Um, <laughs> it's uh so back when the the first near game came out in Japan. The main character, Nier, was Yona's brother. It was a young man character. And oh, for okay. whatever reason, for whatever reason, they decided when they ported it over to the U.S. that the U.S. audience wouldn't relate to that young man protagonist uh, as well or something like that, so they decided to make him the father figure. They made him Father Near instead. So there's two different versions of the original Nier game uh, and I think Japan ended up with both of them at one point. I think they ended up what? putting out. Uh, so there was Near Replicant, which is brother mm. Near, and then there was mm. Near Gestalt, which is fa- Papa Near, Father Near, which is the one uh, that we got in the states. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the, that was without the PS3, right? Like the old yeah. the original one. Okay,
1: right. Okay, so Near Replicant version one point two two three four whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. That is a remaster of Near Replicant the original release. And I think they've added some new stuff to it as well. Cause they just put out like nine minutes of new footage today on Twitter yeah, on yeah. The game, and and watching it. I was like, that seems like it's a little different from how that played out in the story in the version of near that I played through.
0: I don't so, remember the original by the original. It's been so long for the first one, but, uh, yeah. uh but like, uh, I, I I hate what I hate what Japan does that <laughs> when they're like the oh yeah US US crowd won't won't relate to this it's like this is near. most of the stuff is going to be really kind of unrelatable in general like oh, I don't Otaro know we-
1: hated the decision too and that's why yeah. he's like no 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 now that I have some clout now I get to say no we're doing it this way <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like it's like come on it's it's like it's all over it's like the, the Final Fantasy uh, numbering back in the days like back in the 90s it's like oh they don't Americans don't know RPGs that might be too hard for them so let's just give them right. four six mystic quests we'll build one from scratch and <laughs> see what we're going to yeah. do with that you know I mean uh, it's like uh, give us more credit please Japan come on we're not stupid <laughs> <laughs> but anyways I but get uh, it
1: because there's there are definitely cultural differences but mm-hmm. yeah I I agree I think uh, okay. <laughs> there are times uh, when it makes sense and there are times when you're going a little too far
0: Okay, there's a difference (laughs) between, like, saying, okay, this wouldn't make sense in an American thing, more like if it's, like, something that's specifically, like, uh cultural thing in the country of japan or if it's taking place in japan and then it's like it makes sense to them but wouldn't make sense to us i can understand that but they're making fantasy worlds and they're making these decisions like say oh they won't understand the specific dragon on what like where he's coming from it's like there's no such thing as a real life dragon why are you making that decision for us already you know it's like there's no there's no (laughs) understanding it comes it
1: comes from It comes from a financial place. Right. It's it's the decision of like, well, more people will buy it in in America if there's less of that fantastical element. I mean, that's not the case anymore. But, you know, 20, 30 years ago, maybe they thought that that fantasy stuff is too nerdy for Americans. We got to we got to water it down. I don't know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, or how about this one? Here's a, here's a really random one. What about Street Fighter? You remember Street Fighter 2 when they said, OK, we're going to make Bison, uh, original Bison. His name is Vega when he originally came out. And then they changed the names because they're like saying because they were uh, they made like Balrog was 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 uh, was was actual his name was Bison. And they, they, they decided to do a flip. Because they were saying that they didn't want they didn't want to confuse Bison, which is Barrog, as Mike Tyson. And I'm like, that is the most pettiest thing I've ever heard. Like, why would That's you so do dumb. that? Yeah, yeah. it's like I mean it's like those kind of decision making, it's like it, but you kept the names, but you just changed it in circulation. It's like okay. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just funny. I'm just saying people are weird. <laughs> That's where it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I didn't know this uh, until recently, but you also made like, you know, you also uh, are a part of doing like, you know, script adaptations for like, you know, Crunchyroll series. Um I've been like fascinated by that yeah. process by adapting scripts like you know from japan uh, to the u s and uh, since you've done it firsthand, I just kind of want to get your take on it like how involved uh do you have uh do you ha- uh do you have to adjust the script since like I'm sure there are situations that are not directly you know translatable like translatable
1: oh yeah so um i i I, I got into script adapta- uh, adaptation because working as an actor, I worked on one too many projects where I was like, this script is bad and I want to be part of, I want to be part of the solution to the problem. Um, and it's not easy. It's, it's not an easy thing to do because Mm -hmm. you are trying to a make dialogue that sounds the way that people talk, Mm -hmm. B uh, make dialogue that fits the character and fits the story and C. uh, also you've got to stay true to like the original translation at least as as best you can and d also you got to fit the flaps and the timing so mm. there's a whole lot that goes into it it's i think it's i think it's extremely underappreciated i i, I think uh as as far as um dubbing goes Uh, And honestly, with with video games as well, when you're localizing a game. But uh, that that I think all of that adaptation is done in house at the Mm -hmm. studio with somebody who's hopefully paid appropriately for it. Um, (laughs) But but, uh, when it comes to anime, like I think the writing, the the script adaptation is first, second and third in order of importance for Mm -hmm. uh, for a dub. Then comes the acting and the directing and the engineering and all of that stuff, which all of that stuff is important to to making a good dub. But uh, I, I feel like a, a great actor, a, a great script can make a bad actor sound pretty good and a great actor can only do so much with a bad script. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that the script is, is a number one most important piece of the puzzle. Uh, Very
0: underrated. You're totally right it's, about it's that.
1: extremely underappreciated and, and, and underpaid. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, as, as far as, uh, how it, how it goes, it's, it's, uh, I, I, uh, the, the, the process kind of goes where somebody has already done a translation, somebody mm-hmm. who speaks both the, the original language and, and the, and English, or at least some English, enough English to get to convey. This is what they're saying. Literally. Uh, they put that down first and, um, sometimes all I get as, as the script adapter is the, the subtitle script basically, which Mm -hmm. is an adaptation. This is something that I, I don't think a lot of fans totally understand. I think some fans think that if they're watching a subtitled anime, they're getting something that's, that's more true to the original meaning. Mm-hmm. but that's not the case. It is It is also an adaptation because it, it's just with a different objective. When we adapt stuff for a dub, we are trying to localize a little bit more of the cultural stuff, but we're also trying to fit that timing. When somebody's adapting for a subtitle, they're trying to keep things brief enough to where you can read text and still see what's happening on the screen. So they're they're summarizing things for you in a subtitle adaptation. So it's not, it's not the true uh translation any more than than the dub is. Um so anyway, I I work off of a translated copy of the script and I go through and I and I watch what's happening on the screen and I try and you, you have to speak it out loud, kinda sort of in the 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 characters, so that you kind of get a feel for how they uh how they, they sound, because you don't want an old man to to say words that sound like a teenager or, or vice versa. Um, right. so you kind of, like I kind of put on voices that are kind of like if, if I'm writing for the young anime female pro tag, I'll kind of, I'll kind of do something like this while I'm about while I'm saying the lines out loud and I I'll preview it once just watching the Japanese, I'll go back and play it. And, and like, I'll look at the, the, the translation while I'm watching it. Um, and I'll always watch an entire episode with the translation next to me before I start adapting uh and then I'll go back and play the line and say out loud the first thought that comes to my head on will this sometimes it's like it's literally what the translation column says let's see if that will fit and if it does great we'll move on if it doesn't then I'll try and add some stuff to it or if it sounds a little bit you know not entirely the way that people speak I'll try and finagle it and change word order or or sometimes completely throw it out and write something new uh, right. and you just oh, kind of wow. go go line by line until you've got the whole script done
0: <laughs> wow that sounds like a very strenuous <laughs> a strenuous process in my mind, especially since like i mean it's, series it's and like pulling
1: dips. teeth it's it's yeah <laughs> it's, it's 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 thankless it is not a lot of fun it is solving a puzzle and it can feel rewarding when you get to the end of it. Uh, mm-hmm. in my experience, most of the time it doesn't, it's just like, it's, it's kind of like, Oh, thank God that's over. All right. On to the next one. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> that, sounds, uh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> just like you just, I don't, you just, I don't
1: do it a lot. I, I really, I like, I, I'm, I'm, I try to be very picky about what what projects I take on now as as a writer because it's it it takes a lot out of me and and oh. kudos to the folks that do it on a regular basis.
0: What uh what series have you done? Done that process in?
1: Uh I did the script adaptation for a little over half of the episodes of Gundam Build Divers. I mm-hmm. did a couple episodes of Inazuma Eleven Aries. I did uh the second um Fate Stay Night Heaven's Feel movie I did uh the last 10 episodes or 15 episodes or whatever it was of Rising of the Shield Hero oh, wow. um uh, uh uh I did a few episodes. I did. I, let's see. I wrote the first five episodes of great pretender on Netflix. Highly recommend that show. It's a you lot of fun. That? I wrote, the, I, I adapted the first five episodes. I directed the second five. Um, what? Oh, I dude.
0: That yeah. series is awesome. <laughs> I have it's, to so say. it's so good. I love it. Yes.
1: And then I wrote the last four of the, of the series. I think. Wow.
0: Anyway, yeah, <laughs> man, that is crazy. I I I really hope that like there's going to be a new season of that. They have to. I mean, they left the door open. They left the they door left so wide open. open. Yeah. everyone's retired. Everyone had the happy ending, and then you found that. Oh no, I'm not going to spoil yeah. it. But no, yeah. Guys, need to, you need to watch Great Pretender, dude. That Please. is a very it's so good. It's so very good, good series. And I'm really
1: proud of how it turned out
0: too. Oh yeah, it it literally came out of nowhere to me. Like it, like uh, uh, I mean, because like I don't usually watch anime as much. I usually I kind of like I'm more like reading them because you get the whole story faster. Like I mean, personally, (laughs) but like, uh, (laughs) but uh, but like, uh, uh, but there's but like when sometimes with Netflix does these exclusives, I just sometimes I I watch a couple just to see if if it catches my interest and like when great Great pretender came in i was like oh so this is like an ocean's 11 kind of situation and then it just gets better and better it's just like oh my god yeah yeah definitely love it
1: (laughs) yeah i like it a lot
0: (laughs) oh man (laughs) that was like one of my picks for last year's uh well second seasons i would say but uh uh okay got one more question for you and this is actually okay. kind of funny and it, uh because uh okay. like like we said before you guys know, all you do the stream with uh with Kira uh playing uh near near automata a couple years ago <clears throat> but like and I talked to Kira specifically like not that long ago uh on this and she told me that one of her regrets was that she was not able to get you to do a 9s cosplay with her as to be like I was wondering <laughs> what would it take for you to make that, that uh, happen? You don't want a sad Kira Buckland. Come on. Uh, (laughs) It's true. You don't. Oh,
1: uh, uh, you know what? Let's, let's get everybody vaccinated. And, uh, and, and that's, that's my big wish for the year or the next two years or however long it takes, get everybody vaccinated. And, uh, and and we'll talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, okay. You know what? I'm going. I'm going to send that to Kara too, uh, so so we can see if we make that happen. She said she tried. She tried yeah. a lot. She tried the choke. She's like she gave you a choker or something. She and did. I'm like, she oh. did.
1: She did, and my dog ate it not that long ago because it was hanging on. It was hanging on one of my mic stands, and I think it fell off, and the dog <laughs> ate it up. So it's gone now
0: oh no okay well don't tell that <laughs> to kira <laughs> that's the case yeah. i'll have to get a new one. Oh no that's <laughs> terrible <laughs> but man hey well kyle, kyle thank you so much for uh geeking out with me as always man it's really it was really cool talking yeah. to you as always it's Thanks for uh
1: having
0: me it's really cool but uh, if, if, in this part we just like to uh we usually like to reserve this part for if there's anything that you're working on that you can like, discuss or plug if you like to plug you know twitch whatever is there anything you like to plug of uh, for what you're doing
1: yeah. Um if if you guys are into watching watching stuff on Twitch, I'm on twitch.tv slash Kyle McCarley. Uh in addition to the Corrin stream, which we talked about, which is a really chaotic broadcast. Uh I play board games on Friday nights. So tonight, actually, as we're recording this, at seven thirty Pacific time, I play board games in a very interactive show called The Board and Barrel with some friends of mine. And on Saturdays at noon Pacific, uh, i play games pertaining to my voiceover career uh stuff that i've voiced or or stuff that is a prequel to the stuff that i've voiced in the case of dragon guard 3 um or near uh, so oh, that's yeah cool. yeah um, uh, oh. and and stuff that i'm working on uh uh what can i talk about i i can talk about oh monster hunter rise comes out next month i am the voice of buddy handler iori and Ooh. um and I think Mr. Osamatsu season one is finally coming out on Blu-ray next month as well. I think it's next month in March.
0: They're uh, finally coming
1: out season one. I've been working on Mr. Osamatsu for the past, worked on it for three years, dubbing it. Uh, and, uh, and, and we announced the cast back in August 2018, I think, at, at a convention.
0: Is and, that the one uh, with, the, with the siblings, like the six tuplets? Six sex
1: tuplets, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah oh my god I it's totally a very funny that. show
1: it's a very <laughs> funny show and I'm so glad that it's finally seeing the light of day in some capacity
0: yeah <laughs> that is, what What took like was, like was it a limbo or something like why did it take I, so long that's I, crazy I
1: couldn't I could not begin to speculate I, I think it had something <laughs> to do honestly uh, my theory I'm probably saying more than I ever should but mm-hmm. my theory is that <laughs> The, they decided, Viz decided to to do a big show of it at that conve- what convention was that? Anime Anime Weekend Atlanta. That's where we were. Um, I think I think they decided to make a big show of it because that was that was that's one of the big anime cons uh, where all the different publishers need need to showcase something. And Viz was like, "We don't have much else. Let's showcase this. Let's see if we can get some interest. Maybe we can put it on Toonami or something." And it didn't pan out for them. so they just kind of oh. shelved it for a while. We didn't work on it for like ten months at one point, oh. and then we came back to it. Uh, I don't know. I, again, I'm probably I probably just said way more <laughs> behind the scenes information than I ever should have. But we did finish working on it. It's uh-huh. ready, and it's coming out on Blu-ray next month. So okay. pick up a copy. I,
0: I, def- <laughs> I think it's on. I think it's actually on Amazon Prime right now, too, or in Prime Video. So you could actually watch the series. Is it- yeah, no,
1: probably not dubbed yet, though. Uh,
0: dubbed out. Uh, the f- first season. Oh no, you, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. It's, I, the, it's you probably care. just
1: a subtitle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, gonna... The yeah the, the the Blu-ray is, I think, the first time that the dub is seeing the light of day.
0: Jeez, they need, yeah, they, need to, they need to get back on that. I didn't even know that you like the the the, the man. Yeah, I need. I, I, yeah, definitely go check out his Twitch. His Twitch is crazy. It's fun. It's definitely fun. It's definitely good to watch. Uh,
1: <laughs> Thursday did, nights did, you, are absolute chaos.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. the, the Saturday though, like, uh, do you, like, have you played your character like in like you know Grand Blue Verses and stuff like that? Like, have you done that? I've yet? I've
1: played through the story of I've played through the story of Grand Blue Verses, uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. I played through. 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim not that long ago. Mm -hmm. Uh uh let's see what else. Uh, Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, um, um and then a lot of the near franchise Fire Emblem. Uh 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 Yeah. And now I'm making my way through River City Girls, kind of trying to bridge the gap between (laughs) Thirteen Sentinels and Monster Hunter coming out. So
0: Fair enough man That's great man That's always awesome Hey well Anyways once again Thank you so much Kyle For stopping by I really appreciate it Uh yeah. And uh yeah. And uh, guys, thank and, uh, thank you for listening. As always, you can always check us out uh, on any podcast services out there uh, at the end of, uh, of each week to check out each episodes and hear, hear awesome people like Kyle on the pop, uh, pop pop culture gems or go to our YouTube channel, the CFG channel to watch the video format of this. Uh, and just all you have to do is just give us a like or subscribe to the channel and you will not miss any further episodes. Well, this is Davis signing off from Confreaks and Geeks, and y'all take it easy. Perfect.
1: All right. <laughs>